0: My name's Todd. This is Gabby. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 601. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, what is on today's show, my darling?
1: So we're going to talk about two things. Um, We are going to, well, who knows what we'll talk about, Todd. Things just
0: go everywhere. They do.
1: Um, But we are going to discuss the fact that our oldest daughter graduated from high school yesterday. Yes. We heard this song for a while
0: during graduation. We might have to talk about this song a little bit.
1: There's so much pomp and circumstance.
0: Is that what this is called? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, go ahead.
1: And then we are also going to talk about Mental Health Awareness Month and why this is probably every May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. But 2021, I think, is the most important time Mm -hmm. to make this month, um, to really take the time to consider mental health um, for ourselves, for our loved ones, um, for our communities, and for our world, because um, we have all gone through our own personal traumas. And we have all gone through a collective trauma um, coming out of 2020 and this pandemic coming out. I'm saying coming out of it because we're not all the way through. And it is um, vital that we at least discuss some things. And I have some points that I want to make that I've kind of um, noticed just in the last year that have been helpful to me when thinking about my own mental wellness and thinking about the mental wellness of the people I love. I want to make those
0: points. All right. Very good. Um, but 1st just let's give you guys an update on what's been going on on our morning here. We had a fly in the studio. Oh, jeez! And Kathy doesn't like flies that much. They're
1: taunters.
0: They're taunters. And um, we got it before um, we pressed record. Hopefully there's no more flies to be had. The moth led me to the fly. <laughs> and there's a moth in here. Is a moth is annoying? No. Mm -mm. What's the difference?
1: Um, Because the moth flies. Yeah, it's speed. And it's like the fly does something like it runs into the walls. and makes like a clicky sound Mm -hmm. and it like zooms by your head. And it just it is a for me. I don't know if everybody feels the way that I do about flies, but it's it feels taunting. It's hard to concentrate.
0: And we got it, which is good. Fly. Yeah. Kathy loves nature except for flies. (laughs) Kathy treats Willow a little bit better than the oh, fly.
1: Willow. We've got a baby bunny living in our backyard and it is literally living in our backyard. Like it lives in one of the, what's downspouts. That the downspouts and he's just tiny and he's not afraid of us at all. Mm-hmm. I think he just knows that this is his home because he's got this little corner and it's like all protected. So every morning I tried to give him romaine just like I give my rabbit who lives inside. But I think he's doing all right on his own. He just fends out for himself.
0: Yesterday you asked how, if you should put out water for it. <laughs> and I said, I think it knows how to get water. Now, the I, thing is, I don't, know, I don't how. know how, maybe it just gets the water from eating the grass that it eats, or maybe it like finds little pools of water somewhere on the I driveway.
1: Know. I don't know, but I feel very protective of that rabbit.
0: Um, so before we get into pomp and circumstance and mental health awareness month, i yes. um, A few things. We have a Zen Talk tomorrow, Wednesday. What's a Zen Talk? Zen Talk is when you get on a Zoom call with us and you and many others um, are invited to talk about any support you need and then Kathy and I just answer in real time. And we've done 120 of these things. So the minute that you... Uh, become a member, you get access to all 120. So it's kind of behind the scenes or more intimate than Zen Parenting Radio, I guess. So it's
1: like a live discussion, but then we make it into a podcast that you can listen to. So we, um, there are people who come on to ask questions live, but there are people
0: who just get the podcast afterwards and listen to what we discussed. Yeah. Um, very good. So, and then Kathy has a -a one-a-day calendar, which, uh, and we've talked about this many times on previous shows, but this one, she she cuts out the ones for me that either make no sense or are really good.
1: The ones that I think you will appreciate um, figuring out.
0: And I think this one was one of those, but I I think it makes sense. And we talked a little bit about this. When a cow leaves its pasture through the fence, its horns and head and its hooves all pass through but why can't its tail also pass through? And I didn't get that. Yeah, right. And and I'm making leaps. Okay,
1: let's hear it. What do you and think? And I
0: think you have to make leaps with some of these.
1: Well, the whole intention is to get you thinking.
0: Yes. So the big stuff gets through, but the little stuff, which is the tail, doesn't get through. How is that also true in my life? Like what are the little things... That don't pass through it could be a fly buzzing around a studio like mm-hmm. if you can handle
1: i can handle big things and a fly drives me crazy there you go well yeah that's a really good point
0: thank mm-hmm. you sweetie so we took care of that we figured out do you th- think that's it that's uh, there's probably a lot of different interpretations of that but that's what i have for all you. all right this morning.
1: well good that's thanks for talking us through that zen
0: moment. That's right. Um, And I feel like there's something else that I like to say at the beginning of the show, but I don't remember what it is. So let's just start with Pomp and Circumstance.
1: So no Zen moment Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. So I was trying to lead you. Thank you. So there was two last week. So Kathy does these Zen parenting moments, come out Tuesdays and Friday mornings. It's like a 60-second read at the most. And uh, you did two last week. One was titled Grace, and the other was titled Knowing. Mm. Which of those two would you like to talk about?
1: Oh, I like them
0: both. Um, That's good, because you wrote them both.
1: Well, they're both important to me. Um, Well, since we're talking about Zen parables, let's talk about knowing.
0: Okay. So the quote that you use is from Lao Tzu, who wrote the Tao Te Ching. Correct. Mm, I don't know, years before Jesus was ever born, uh-huh. probably a lot. I don't know. I don't know when Lao Tzu was born, but it's pre-Jesus time. Um, the quote is, live in a good place. Keep your mind deep.
1: Yeah. So go down um, and read the verse from the Tao.
0: Okay. It's chapter 81. Mm-hmm. Is it the, oh, there's 108 chapters, Correct.
1: Right? So this is within, Todd's going to read something that's within the email that I sent.
0: And it's about paradoxes, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. True words are not pleasing. Pleasing words are not true.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Those who are right do not argue. And those who argue are not right. Those who are not learned. Oh, sorry. Those who know are not learned. Those who are learned do not know.
1: So the whole thing is just about realizing that we can be sure that we're not sure, And we can know that we don't know. And sometimes when we have a great deal of certainty about something, um, and I'm not talking about, um, you know, this is always, this is why these discussions are fun because someone may say, but I'm certain I love my, you know, I love you, Todd, and I love my kids. I'm certain about that. I'm certain. But there's all this gray where it's like every day, every moment, are you loving this person? Are you feeling loving feelings? Are you, you know, there's always gray in that kind of certainty and it doesn't mean that the love part isn't true it just means that certain words everything is very fluid and it has a um context and it has a um it's not it's not binary it's not i'm either certain or i'm uncertain that there's a lot of gray in there and i think that there was a time the reason i wrote this about knowing is there was a time and it was a long time ago but I felt a sense of weakness about not being certain. Like people would say, well, I know what this means, or I know what my beliefs are, or I stand by this value. And sometimes I would listen to them, but I, in my mind, I'd see all this gray in it. Like, well, you say you stand by this, but this is what you did yesterday. Or how can you be so certain when you don't even know these people or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. And now I really have completely switched where I feel like, my non-certainty, my uncertainty is what makes me feel strong because it doesn't mean that I don't have um, a sense of principle or doesn't mean that I don't have my own value system. It just means that I know that I don't always know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think there's strength in that because that's allowed me to keep growing. Because if Todd's trying to introduce me to something new, and I'm like, no, no, no. I, I know more than you. Th- then I literally can't hear him. Yeah. My
0: ears are closed off. Yeah, it's closed off. Yeah. Um, of the three, um, so the first part is about words. The second part is about arguing or if you're right. And the last one, which I think is the most impactful, is the, um, those who know are not learned and those who are learned do not know, which is exactly what you were just mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who is certain about anything you can't be doing much learning from that state of mind. Mm -hmm. And those who are learned do not know the more, you know, like parenting. I think that we've been doing this podcast over 10 years and I am more certain that there's no right way to parent. (laughs) Me too. And I think there's been moments on this podcast or moments in my life where I'm like, no, no, this is the way to do it. This is the way to do it. And, um, I don't know.
1: Well, th- the things I'm certain about are our founding principles, and when I say I'm certain about them, I'm kind of saying that tongue in cheek, like they are fluid concepts yeah. in themselves. Like, for example, I'm certain that mindfulness is helpful mm. when I'm struggling. Um, I am certain that um, being that connection is key. I'm certain that compassion toward myself and others is is value, beyond valuable. It's necessary. And I know that my own self-awareness is what allows those things to be, but I'm saying I'm certain about them, but I don't, but I, they're a practice, meaning there are times that I do not do them. And there have been times that because of whatever situation I'm in, I do need, I can't be completely mindful. I Mm -hmm. have to, you know, move in a different direction or I have to think in a different way in that moment. Or Sometimes my lack, this is where it gets really zenish. my lack of compassion is what teaches me more about compassion, mm. okay? So it's like because I have a lack of self-compassion, then a few days go by or a few hours go by and I realize the importance of compassion, but I would have never understood it without the lack of it. Mm. So it's like a these concepts... Uh, This is what my grounding principles are, these things that I just said to you, you know, the mindfulness, compassion, connection, um, self-awareness. And they're my grounding principles, but I know that they are fluid and that the lack of them reminds you of the importance of them. And that in itself is not
0: knowing. So what you just did was illustrate how self-awareness, mindfulness, compassion, and connection, by not having that also can make us a more... I don't know productive parent or something like
1: exactly. that. Exactly. Like the the lack of connection introduces something new to mm-hmm. us where we realize we have to try something different. Like and so even though I know I'm certain about them being
0: important, I also am certain that the lack of them teaches
1: us something too.
0: Well, they're grounding forces, grounding but forces. they're not 100% true all the time no. forces, Mm-mm. right? Mm-mm. Um so all right, pomp and circumstance once again. So real quick about the song, I kind of get, maybe it's, so yesterday our daughter graduated high school. So this is our first experience. With our own child. With our own child. We have been to many graduations. And I, the song sounded different to me. Did it? Yeah, like more sad. And probably because I was experiencing sadness because our daughter is getting older. She is. And she's going to leave us in August. She's going to college. I know. Um, And we had a party and had some close friends over and uh, people started congratulating me. And I just, I think I told you it sounded weird because I'm like, this is not my party. This is a party for our daughter. Right. Maybe I should start getting used to people congratulating me for my daughter's accomplishments.
1: Well, it, it kind of is interesting with the show that we've done for 10 years because our whole message has been, you know, this is your child's life. Um, this is the support you're giving is so they can figure out who they are. Um, you are a vital piece in them becoming who, allowing them to become who they're meant to be. And so when someone says to us, congratulations, Mm -hmm. it feels like, but we... Like I think that there are a lot of people, Todd, who would be like, "Well, thank you, because yeah. I did this and I did this and I did this," and I understand that comment. Like I'm not sitting here going, "Why would anyone say that?" They're saying that because we have uh, brought raised a child that, or helped raise a child that is now graduating from mm-hmm. a you know an educational institution, and they're yeah. like, "You know, here you go, good job." Um, but I think you and I were kind of hearing it as well. It's really her
0: thing. Yeah. It's once again, we just talked about paradoxes. Yeah. Like it's not about me, it's about her. And then, you know, for me, some of my work is to receive blessings and I sometimes deflect compliments. That can be true too. So there's a little bit of my own learning in that.
1: Well, and it's also, you know, the piece of the external validation versus internal validation. Like you and I, you know, as all parents do, we love JC so much and, and tell her all the time and, and, Love being with her and and all of those things where we feel that connection it, we feel internally validated by this experience, right? Mm-hmm. Of being a parent. But there's a lot of times or situations or specific people who who like other people pointing out hmm. their parenting. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like you know, other people they'll be like, you know when people will say, you know, you've raised a great kid or, um, you know, look at what you've done for this child or whatever. And, and, and people take that as like a, I've, I'm a good person because I've done these good things. I mean, parenting is the ultimate, like, not an easy job. Well, it's not an easy job, but what I mean is if it can go astray and that if you did maybe in your own life had experiences or didn't have experiences that made you feel validated, Mm. You could go into parenting, I feel like we're back in year one, you can go into parenting wanting validation for through this child.
2: Sure.
1: Like just the other day I was watching, Um, I actually was not watching it, Cameron put it on in the main room, um, so I had no choice, but like a, a version of Dance Moms, yeah. you know, the show Dance Moms, and it was something like Abby's, you know, big competition or something. Abby Lee Miller is a person who does dance moms. And it was like an old, you know, it's from years ago, but that show by definition is, is moms yeah. like putting a lot of pressure on their kids to be number one. Right. So they're seeking validation through their kids experience.
0: Yeah. I feel like dance moms is like the, it, it really triggers me.
1: I know. Yeah.
0: And it's all, I, I've never seen it, but I think I know what happens on those shows. it's, exactly what you just explained. So, um, yeah, I don't know what I can say about that show without sounding really super judgmental. Well, and
1: you know, it's a reality show, so they're, they're amping it up. We're probably at home that, you know, they're probably saying to their girls, this is acting, you know, this is not all what it is, but it is a, an example of how we can try to live through our kids. So on a day like graduation, when your kid is getting a pretty significant achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we let's not take high school graduations for granted for two reasons. Number one, last year there, most schools did not have a graduation. Right. So the fact that we had the experience of sitting watching our child walk across the stage, I can't tell you how many times I mentioned that to people yesterday, how, how lucky we are and blessed we felt to just watch that moment because there is something significant about a transition Mm -hmm. of walking up the stairs and you're not a graduate Mm -hmm. and walking down the stairs and you are now done with high school and you're an adult. Like that process is good for the psyche.
0: Well, and if you look at the timeline, it's not about the four years at high school. Like you had to start your academic career as a kindergartner. Kindergartner. Mm -hmm. So really it's an encapsulation of the last 12 years. Exactly. A lot of hard work. And one other kind of paradox I wanted to mention, you know, we got the program and it lists all the kids' names. And then some of the kids have certain accolades behind their name. And this is the paradox. Like part of me is like, oh, can't we just all be the same? Uh, Like let's not... Let's not separate. Let's not divide. And then the other part of me, which I think is a stronger part of me, is like whoever in the two things things—one, the two things were National Honor Society and the other is top 5% in their class.
1: And military. Military. And there was some, you know, some, some recognizable or, yeah. or recognition, I should say.
0: Yeah. And um, but the other part is like whoever has an asterisk behind their name worked really Correct. hard. So Correct. let's honor that hard work.
1: Let's support our, like, you know, our daughter had some things, and Mm -hmm. it's like for her to not be able to, you know, appreciate the hard work she put in, and then the rest of the kids too, um, and again, paradox, Mm -hmm. like everything, this this is exactly what we're talking about with knowing, and then there's also a place where it's like, there's reasons why certain kids were able to succeed in a more, tra- and I'm putting this in quotes, in a more traditional way because of the support they had or the tutoring they had or their life experiences um, that had less trauma than other kids. Like not everything is about hard work. Mm-hmm. Some things are about privilege. Yes, And to recognize that, but it is it is that gray area where it's like you do want the opportunity to shine in whatever way that you can and then there's also, that doesn't mean that you are inherently a better human or student than these uh, than other kids. Yeah. So it's just, everybody's doing what they can. Like I, there was a, a point in the ceremony where, um, you know, I can't remember who was giving the speech, but there was a suggestion where they said, stand up if you are the first person mm. to go to college mm-hmm. in your family. And there was only about three kids who stood up. Yeah. And and I said, I leaned over and said to my, to Cameron and Skyler, I said, when I am my college students at Dominican, if I were to ask my class, how many of you are the first student to go to college in your, or the first person in your family to go to college, the vast majority of them would stand up. You know, it's a very different experience. And so it's, it's all relative, Mm -hmm. right? And we we live and move and breathe in this paradox mm. all the time, depending on where we are, where we grew up, our own experiences, where we live now. And just to have all of those, you know, all these things that Todd and saying, saying, to carry all of these awarenesses is what keeps us knowing, meaning I'm using the word knowing to mean knowing that we don't know. Yeah. So it gets really interesting. Yeah.
0: What else did you have regarding graduation?
1: Um well just that, you know, you and I are old. Yeah, we as are. I'm wearing glasses. So for those who are not old, I mean we are we started this show when JC was about 8 years old. And now we have a daughter who's graduated from high school. It's just a the process is so interesting and in, amazing and also annoying because I just remember how many people told me it was going to go fast. Mm-hmm. And I would be like literally walking, pushing a stroller, trying to get a toddler to keep up with me and people, well-meaning people would walk by me in the grocery store or just outside and be like, it goes fast, it goes fast. And I'd be like, not today. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole idea of like um, sh- long days, short years yeah. is completely true. Yeah. I mean, I-, I don't feel like it went by in a blink necessarily, like people say, because there. are I feel like I can think about every year of their life and know what we were doing. And it wasn't a complete blur. Yeah, I did practice some mindfulness in the last 10 years or 18 years, but it is kind of crazy. Mm. Like it is kind of like, Whoa, you know, like,
0: well, that's the magic of uh, pictures too. So I did a slideshow and just seeing our daughter as a kindergartner, like, I don't know, it just totally brought me back and got me into this softer emotional place. And, it does seem like yesterday, and it also seems like forever, forever ago.
1: Well, that day that she went to kindergarten, JC's first day of kindergarten, she was crying. Mm-hmm. And it was a tough day for Todd and I because we had to like literally let go of her hand and mm-hmm. leave her crying in that room. Uh, you know, I so many of you can relate to this. And so you have a picture of her holding my hand, yeah. and it's just her like with her hand on her mouth, and you can just see me holding her hand. And that to me, like I feel like you and I could, remember the conversation from that day. Mm -hmm. It just is not that far from my memory. And yet here we are. And somehow all these other things have happened, you know, in every other picture you put in. in And it's nice because one thing that's helpful to me, Todd, is we have done a slideshow. We're so old slideshow. We have done a video for JC's birthday every year since she was born. All three of our girls, there's a video every single year. So it's like we capture the year with the video, mm-hmm. okay? So I have been watching my girls grow up and seeing a compilation of them growing up at the end of every year. Yeah. So seeing their baby pictures doesn't have the same impact that it might on someone who hasn't seen that sure. progress. So uh, so you know, every year, but there is still a sense of like I'm looking at a picture from Sixth grade, and I remember that day. Or I'm looking at her picture, like I said, from kindergarten. I literally remember that day, and so just the fact that I can access it. But you know what, Todd, I remember my graduation day. Mm-hmm. I remember my graduation from high school. I remember it from college. Um, from college, I went over and saw you after I graduated. That's right. And you, I don't think you were awake yet, if I remember correctly. I was tired. Um, so it's just, it's just a rite of passage, and it is a. We, you and I, I think right now are in that middle place mm-hmm. of sadness and great joy
2: mm-hmm.
1: that I'm, you know, I was listening to the speeches yesterday, realizing how there's not a lot of words left when we talk about graduation, that everybody's speech kind of carries the same language.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. Be, people say the same things. And then you think about how many graduations are going on all across the country. And you're like, wow, there's a lot of speeches that are repetitious today, right? But that's because it's hard. It's not because it's a lack of good writing. It's just we're all going through this experience again with these same words.
0: Yeah. So I'm just I'm feeling just really soft right now thinking about those kindergarten pictures with JC right now. So kind of catching me off guard. But regarding um, commencement speeches, I mean, there's some good ones. I think of uh, Steve Jobs did one that was interesting. Right. There's been a bunch of good ones, but the one that I always go to, and it's college graduation, but was This is Water by David Foster Wallace. Yes, that was excellent. Because it was so different.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Most of the time you hear kind of the same shtick, Mm -hmm. and David Foster Wallace did something completely different. For those of you guys who don't know who he is, he's a man who passed away who actually um, died by suicide, I believe, Mm -hmm. Um, speaking of Mental Health Awareness Month, and uh, he... It's a 13-minute video, but somebody put images behind it instead of watching him talk. Mm -hmm. Really powerful. Powerful enough to the point where somebody gave us, actually your sister gave us, a little thing to hang in our kitchen that said, this is water, Mm -hmm. which is just a wonderful reminder of what that means. So if you want to get your socks knocked off, um, and maybe I'll put it in the show notes. I'll try to remember to do that. Just watch this 13-minute or so. Maybe it's eight minutes. I don't know how long it is. Um, This is Water by David Foster Wallace, commencement speech.
1: Yeah. uh, You know, some people, and I feel like the people, it's like any, you know, commencement speech is like any good book, right? Where the reason that a book is good to me is because, and I'm talking about nonfiction works, is because people are talking about something deep and new that they learned. And you can tell by the way they talk about it that they literally experienced it in themselves. Sometimes we give a speech and we use a lot of language, That sounds good and we appreciate it and we can kind of access it, but you, you can tell that the person giving it may not be living it. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's this like disconnection where you're like, these are great words, but the way they seem to be talking about it is it's very disconnected. When someone gives a speech like David Foster Wallace or like Steve Jobs, or I was just thinking about one of my favorite is Anna Quinlan gave this speech at Villanova. Um, and there's a bunch of quotes from it that I love. And she's just one of my favorite writers, but you can tell they're giving you their life experience yeah now to ask like a 18 year old who's graduating to give the best advice ever to their own class. Mm-hmm. you That's they're, they're do, going through the same thing. So you wouldn't expect that, but from adults, the hope is offer something that, you know, because you experienced experience. it. Exactly. And something maybe that has a hint of vulnerability mm-hmm. that is like, this was like, I couldn't find it and I didn't want to spend too much time doing this. But, you know, one of my favorite quotes from Anna Quinlan's Villanova speech, because she actually goes over all these things like, you know, get a life and connect with people. And, you know, she gives examples of why. Mm-hmm. But she talks about how, you know, there will be people in the world who will expect that you do things that they actually hate doing Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: that you walk a path that they actually regret walking Mm. and that you need to you know it's like somebody saying go get you know go get your mba because i got my mba and it was hard and now i have a job and then you say but do you like your job no but but that's the path that i took right and it's like well wait a second that doesn't make sense for the next generation and i feel like I'm even dating myself by saying this because I think millennials already broke that pattern. Yeah. And I think that Gen X or excuse me, Gen Z, which is what my daughter is in, are breaking that pattern times two. So I think a lot of the things that were really meaningful to me uh, as far as pattern breaking, they say, well, yeah, we kind of not everybody, but there's a knowing, yeah, you know, um, a certainty about the uncertainty Mm. that, that we didn't have. I think, don't you think we were much more pattern followers than they are?
0: Yeah. Conformists.
1: Conformists. And this is what you do. This is how you do it.
0: Yeah. And I don't know, maybe I'm shortchanging our generation, but it does seem to be talked about more about leaning into curiosity and getting and breaking the mold. And when we were doing it, was like, no, this is what you do. This is exactly (laughs) the recipe for a good life. And I feel like we're realizing like, oh, that was not really good advice. So we're trying to teach our kids something different.
1: Or we're allowing them to teach us something different because we're backing up and saying, instead of saying to them, here's a pattern to follow, we're saying, what feels right to you? Who are you? What is your truth? Um, What are your passions? What do you love? And then we have now seeing how that turns into and i'm putting this in air quotes success for life because that kind of leads into um you know we can go back and forth between these two topics but again mental you know mental health awareness month is that the realization that somebody's mental well-being is really what drives a successful life mm-hmm. is that we can look from the outside and say they have these things, they have this money, they have this career, they have this MBA, they have this college degree, they have you know, uh, this high school degree. Um, but if they're not feeling inside good about themselves, the world, their opportunities, or who they are as a person, then all of that, that quote-unquote success doesn't matter. Yeah. So this is an awareness of the last, I mean, hopefully it's been an awareness for, you know, people have been writing poetry, but Lao chu has been talking about this forever. You know, we know this to be true, but I just feel like in the last five years, last two years, maybe last 10 years, we've been trying to talk about these things. I don't know that the awareness that for our children to be successful, that means they have to know who they are and they have to have a an appreciation and tools to deal with the uncertainty of life. And then they will be able to make a go.
0: Yeah. You are not um, any of your accolades. No. You are not any job that you might get. You are not getting the top 5% of your class, asterisk at the end of your name. I mean, you can celebrate the fact that you're in the National Honor Society and you're in the top 5%, but if you derive your value from that... Or if I derive my value from how much money's in my bank account, or what my job is, or how successful my kids are, I am uh, approaching it from potentially an unhealthy angle.
1: Well, let me say it this way: if you know, if you have a traditional, if you have a kid who's traditionally successful, and so those external validation um, that comes in, right? You you get that experience of the external validation. There is no reason you can't enjoy that, appreciate that, and realize your child has worked hard. The challenge is if if or when some of those diminish Mm -hmm. or they have a difficulty or a challenge or they do something unexpected or they decide to not go to college or they actually do fail a test or a class or they choose to not go the path that you thought they would or they give up their sport or whatever, do you still see them? Mm -hmm. And can you still are you then are do you get lost in your own like, oh no, I need this external validation? Or are you like, no, I appreciated that about you, but I also that what's most important to me is how you feel about yourself and what's right for you. And I'm more connected to what you need than what the world tells me that they think you need. Mm -hmm. And so my whole point is is can you enjoy the external validation, but then maybe when it's not coming in, be okay with that and not force your kid to conform so you feel more comfortable. Right. This is the key to this whole show is it's like that back and forth of like, your kid wins an award, absolutely celebrate, but your kid didn't win the award, It's that doesn't mean anything about anything. Yeah. It's like a um, an opportunity for understanding your kid and helping them find their correct path.
0: Well, and what's funny about that is I feel like we're going from the one up to the neutral, like kids getting awards at high school graduations and I feel better about myself as a father Correct. if my daughter has blah, blah, blah accolades behind it. And then just I'm thinking about like when our kids are truly struggling. Yes. And that doesn't mean that I shouldn't have sadness when my kids are struggling, but it doesn't mean that... That's all of who they are. Or, or even like my own internal journey through that, like, oh, I can't be okay unless they're okay. So in other words, like I'm outsourcing my feeling of self-worth based upon the emotional well-being of my kid. And that is something that I have struggled with as of late. It's, it's, do you know what I mean? It's kind of like... Oh, I
1: totally do. Like it's, we, and, and this is where, this is where the certainty, uncertainty thing comes in is that when our kids are struggling... So when they're doing well, we're like, okay, we're okay. Mm-hmm. But when they're struggling, we don't feel like we're okay. Mm-hmm. And then we want it to change or we want it to quickly resolve or we don't even want to hear it because it's so painful. Yeah. And so I don't think there's any way to be, like you used the word, neutral yeah. about any of this. If our, you know, on both sides, it, there's no way to be neutral. Like I remember there was a time when when the girls first started getting grades and you were like, I may not pay attention to their grades, I may not say anything about their grades because I don't want them to think that's most important. And you and I had to have a conversation about, we can celebrate their good grades, Mm -hmm. but also not live in the the world of that you are your grades. Like there's a place for both, but it's also the place when they're having challenges is that we have to show up for it and listen to it and look it in the eye, Mm -hmm. okay? And deal with our own discomfort around our children having challenges because that's what's really coming up, yeah. right? So we can't be neutral about it, but we can realize it's it's a time, it's a moment. Maybe it is a, a diagnosis or a challenge or something that they may deal with for for their whole lives or a period of time, but that we do have the tools to manage it and begin to accept it and to take it on. Mm. and And that when we do that, we again then feel strong and certain. You know, that's when when we realize that we can do more than we thought we can do. And I'm saying we. Mm-hmm. Really, it's our children who may be doing the really heavy lifting, but we as parents are supporting and not making that lifting even heavier mm-hmm. by believing that that they need to be different or that we're frustrated that, that they can't do certain things that we think they should be able to do. Yeah. Um, the whole process of, Parenting is about, again, words start to fail because we've said them so many times, but really to hold this as a truth is that we show up for what's happening with our kids in the moment and we accept who they are in the moment. And that may mean that that moment is difficult and that we have to sit with them on the ground and be in the dark with them. And that's really hard. Um, you know, obviously Todd and I have been there many times raising three girls and that's really hard. But then that also means you get to sit at a graduation and appreciate those stars next to their name. Mm-hmm. And those... If you're going
0: to sit in the dark yeah, with them, yeah, then you need to be joyful.
1: And joyful may mean, may look different. Like joyful may mean your kid for a day or for a time is not in the dark. Yeah. And that's the success, yeah. you know, that your kid actually talks to you about something that's been bothering them. And they're still really sad and grief stricken, but you're like, but they talk to me. Yeah. And that's a success. So these there's many different steps of what success
0: looks like in a child's life. So we're going to transition to Mental Health Awareness yes, Month. which
1: we're actually on right now. When
0: you said that, I'm, I, it made me think of this movie quote, even though it has nothing to do with mental health, okay. it has to do with an awareness okay.
2: thing. If you don't have one, get one. <laughs> All right,
0: next. Uh, oh, yes. Tuesday night's plastic corrosion awareness meeting was, I think, a
2: big success, and we want to thank Mr. Spell, for putting that on for us. Thank you, Mr. Spell.
0: Sweetie, plastic corrosion awareness <laughs> night. We just watched Toy Story three, which I think might be one of the top 10 movies ever made. Oh, it's so good.
1: So well done. So sad. And, and and it's the first time I saw it, I remember thinking, Oh my God, like Andy going to college, JC is going to go to college. And now she is yeah. in like three months. So it's just, it was very timely.
0: And I have loyalty towards usually the, the, the introductory movies to sequels like it's really hard for me to believe that a sequel is better than the original but i think in this case it is toy story three and i love toy story the original
1: i love toy i love them all i really do and i love toy story two and i love toy story four i know that you don't think they should have gone to four
0: well three just ended so poetically. i know like a hurt. There was a hurt there. I know. But also a joy and hopefulness. Like that's what you want in a movie.
1: Well, and that is life. I mean, the reason that we're also moved by that is that the most joyful things tend to have like a grief attached to mm-hmm. them. And then when we're in our grief, there there are joyful moments that we're like, Oh, I see the light again, mm-hmm. you know? Um it, one of my favorite stories that um I always think about it, which is why I'm gonna tell it now is Cheryl Strayed, and I can't remember if she wrote it or said it, but she was talking about how when you're in a depression or you're grief stricken or you're just feeling overwhelmed by life, whatever language you want to use and then you're just going through the motions and you're practicing and crying and learning from it and asking for help and then she said, and then one day you sit on a park bench and you look up and you notice that the sun is shining. Mm. Makes me sad. And you see that it's going to be okay and that, and you don't know why that moment is any different um, but you work, th- you know, you don't know why sitting on that park bench made a difference but it was just a moment and then sometimes the rest of that day isn't as great but you got the hope from that moment and I've had
0: those so
2: Are you crying? <laughs> There's no crying
1: There's no crying in baseball
0: Tom Hanks has played a significant role in today's podcast.
1: Yes. 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 So, you know, the the thing about life is that when those when the sun comes through the clouds or that park bench is really just lovely, or that's that's a step towards joy. That's mm-hmm. a a recognition. And sometimes it takes you by surprise. That's where I that's what makes me cry is when you're like, oh, this is a good moment. Mm-hmm. Because maybe you've been really working hard.
0: And yeah. sometimes we want to work hard to, let's say you have the park bench moment. Uh-huh. I think everybody's had our own versions of the park bench moment. Uh-huh. And then there is this idea that we want to do whatever we can to get back to that moment. Yeah. And what's funny is the heart, sometimes the harder you try to get back to the park bench moment, the more elusive it becomes. Mm-hmm. Because what that is, is it takes you away from presence. Mm-hmm. The idea that you're striving for anything to get to the park bench moment is a an obstacle and Mm -hmm. the the key It reminds me of (laughs) i think i just shared this with somebody um i remember you and i were sitting on the couch and we were having our version of an argument about me traveling too much for work or something and you said something like what's going on in your mind right now and i said I'm just figuring out how we never have to be in this situation again. Like, <laughs> oh, how,
1: you've said that. We've had so many discussions. Right. Like that. Yeah. How
0: do I? How, how do, do I, I avoid this? How do I avoid this conversation? Like, what do I need to do to make sure this doesn't happen? Which is the opposite of what you needed or what we needed as a in a relationship in that moment, which was presence. So instead of me being present with whatever you and I were talking about, I was fast forwarding to how I avoid this in the future. Mm-hmm. And in the same way with the park bench, the harder we try to get back to that place, you're not... You might miss one. You might miss your park bench moment and it shows up in a different form two days later, but you're too busy thinking about the park bench.
1: Uh, I know. Do you know what I mean? Well, I do. And actually the other Zen parenting moment that we were choosing between, you, you said, let's do either grace or knowing. And the one that I wrote about grace is exactly this, is that grace comes in, really gently hmm. and it takes you by surprise and it really is just a moment of awareness or a moment of lucidity or a moment of clarity and
0: things it, just fall into place. They
1: do. And it's gentle. It It's a gentle nudge. Like grace does not come in and say, you better do this. It
0: rarely wax you over the and head.
1: It's very light and it's the sun breaking through the clouds and grace is your awareness to notice it and to see it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And that is like, Grace is the moment where I'm about to say something to you and there's a part of me that's like, don't don't say that. And I choose to not and that saves our relationship. Mm-hmm. Like grace is very gentle and-
0: Or the opposite. You are scared to say
1: something- And I say it. And you say it. Exactly. But not to hurt, but to be truthful. Yeah. So to reveal. To reveal. And these are, life is, you know, it's like water being soft and hard at the mm-hmm. same time. Like,
0: How is water soft and hard?
1: Well, water- is very soft, you can run it over your hands, it goes right... You can rub it through your hands, it absorbs into your skin, it's it's very soft. But water, when it's running, is also the most corrosive... And I'm using that word on purpose, like water hitting a rock for a period of time Mm -hmm. burrows through that rock, like it is the most... Hard and often it can be damaging, impactful. It can, impactful. Yeah. It can make something beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's both hard and soft. Yeah. And so, as are we, as is grace, mm-hmm. and as is anything we're experiencing um, in life, we can see it from both sides. And I will say, just because I know, you know, we we're talking about mental health awareness month, and really everything we're talking about has to do with sure. mental health. So, I don't feel like we've veered off the path. What I wanted to say. About it, and we can add to it is that one thing that I've realized in the last couple of years when talking to, to when it's my own mental wellness or when I'm talking to my girls about it or anybody I know, clients, whatever it may be, is and I've, re- I've realized this through my own therapy is that when someone is struggling with something, um, sometimes what worked for you to get through it is not what works for them. Mm -hmm. And I had to have my own therapist point that out to me that for me as a kid, I just wanted someone to recognize and to say, you are not alone. Mm -hmm. You are, this is more normal than you think. And I think that's a very Gen X perspective is that nobody talked about things. And so just to have somebody say, hey, me too, Um, you know, that this, oh, you feel this way? Yeah, that's called anxiety. And that I would have done anything for that as a kid, right? Or that you feel so overwhelmed by life. No, that's not a weakness. That's a strength. You know, that's you feeling life. You're alive. But sometimes I use these things with my own girls (laughs) or kids their age. And that's not really a soothing thing. Mm -hmm. They're like, I know I'm not alone, Mm -hmm. but I'm still in pain. And that my realization is that just because it worked for me doesn't mean it's going to work for them. And also then to say, or be open to what do you need? What, how, and, and you know, Todd, I've been talking about this forever, the the statement to say to your kids, what can I do to support you? And sometimes they say, I don't know, but living in that uncertainty to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And instead of saying, well, we need to figure this out right now, or I'm going to keep using what worked for me. And hopefully it'll eventually break through. You live in that uncertainty and say, well, together, let's see if we can figure that out. And I'll be a listener. And I'll, you, you tell me what feels right and wrong. And, and that uncertainty, Todd, is what you're talking about when you and I are sitting on the couch. And I say, I'm feeling uncomfortable and you're like I want to never do this again. It's because of the discomfort you're yeah, feeling.
0: Yeah. And to interpret that it's I don't like how I'm feeling Correct. right now. So if I'm really being honest, it that's what's happening inside of me when those moments happen.
1: And so you're saying how can I never have this I feeling? I don't want to feel this. And it's the same with our kids and I think one like badge of honor I would take because I sure have you know my ego has been dismantled so many times in the last 10 years and I mean that in a painful but blessed way, meaning that there's been times I've been so certain or I think I'm so smart and I'm not, um, and it's been, um, you know, I've, I've had to learn those difficult lessons. Um, but one thing that I can say that I have learned is how to sit in conflict better. Mm-hmm. Um, I have learned how to be uncertain and how to feel that discomfort without thinking I'm doing something wrong that by definition uncertainty feels out of alignment, which it is. And that that doesn't mean I need to run from it. And my girls have taught me that. Um, And you, you know, allowing me to be, you know, sometimes when I'm struggling with something with the girls, I have said to Todd, this is probably easier for you than me because I know you've had to work through a lot of challenges with, with me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: meaning like I'm struggling with anxiety or I'm feeling like I can't say something or I'm dealing with something old and you've had to really be present for that.
0: Which has been a gift and a, an ability for me to like work that muscle. Yes. And I think, you know, I'm not going to blame myself too much here, but I tend to be a little bit less emotional. So you haven't had that op- same opportunity Correct. to flex the muscle when the person you love is really really struggling i you know I, I have a little bit less of an emotional less emotional bandwidth which isn't something i'm proud of and to this point it's detrimental because you haven't had an ability an opportunity to 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 be with somebody who has these deep dive downwards Go ahead.
1: Well, let me say, let me yeah. clarify for those of you who are therapists, I've done this my whole life, sure. deep down, like dealing with people's difficulties sure. and pain. Sure. So it's not that I haven't had that experience. The difference is when you are someone's therapist or even when you're someone's friend or, or if I am their coach or whatever it may be, I can, or I've learned to, I had to learn to separate mm-hmm. so I can support them. When it is your own partner or it is your children. There is a different relationship mm-hmm. where the experience of them in pain, while it is still manageable, we can do it. It there's you it we're connected. Mm-hmm. So your pain feels like my pain. And we have to really watch that because that feeling can cause us to make choices that are not good for our kids, which is get over it or mm-hmm. let's ignore it or or getting too invested sure. and enmeshed. And so that's the muscle that I've had to flex yeah. is I've had to deal with people's pain my whole life. But it's different when it's the people you are closest to and love the most.
0: Well, that's when you're like, these people are put on this earth to help us evolve. Right. And we can do a certain amount of evolving through friends or clients. But the family, and for me, invites me into this next level of evolution because it's harder. Yeah. With with people that you co-created or with your life partner?
1: With the people that actually are the joy in your life. If they're hurting, then it feels like the joy in your life gets taken away mm-hmm. and you feel like you can't do anything until they feel better. Yeah. And what you learn in all that conflict and discomfort is it's okay to, to not only okay, but necessary to figure out ways to be better. So you can be better for them when they struggle. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean this in a self-care, you know, like, you know, it's so funny because I still use the language self-care, but it just doesn't hold the same value that I'm talking about. Um, It's not just self-care. It's like Mm self-preservation. It's like you must must sit on the park bench and see the sun because then you bring the sun back to your kids. Mm -hmm. If you get too lost in their lack of sun, or your partner's lack of sun or whatever it may be, then you have nothing to offer from yourself. Um, And, you know, it's totally like a graduation speech. It sounds the exact same. But one thing I want to offer before we um, go is, again, it being Mental Health Awareness Month, which isn't, you know, we could do 10 shows about it. We really have done 10 years about it. The show that's on Apple TV right now called The Me You Can't See, Um, It was created, produced by Oprah and Prince Harry. And I've only watched the first one, um, meaning because I think it's a six-part series. So I can't give you the whole review of the whole series. But what I will tell you about the first one is that the understanding of what struggle looks like and doesn't look like Is so well captured in this series and the discussion that Oprah and Harry are having. I can't think of two better people to talk about mental health Mm. because you've got two people that people say they've got everything. Mm -hmm. And if they, if you know, how can they not be happy with everything they've had? And when they share their story and you realize the pain that these two people have experienced and continue to experience, it's not over you don't it's not like okay now i have what i need so i'm done with this pain. And then lady gaga's story is in there and and she actually goes by stephanie which i appreciate cuz she's laying things bare. Real, yeah,
0: vulnerability, right?
1: Um and then some people who i didn't know as well but they are still, you know, one is a a boxer in the olympics, one is a guy who's like one top chef, like these are people that have kind of a a presence meaning that some people they know, people know who they are but the whole Premises: these are people who have had struggles and you didn't know yeah. because you you based worth off of their external sure and i just feel like it was really to me um a validation of all these things we discuss which is you know the the the, the idiocy of well if your prince be happy or your oprah be happy and that there's so much more to us as humans than that external success
0: reminds me of uh Jim Carrey, and maybe it was a commencement speech because I think one of the biggest problems in our society is money is seen as success, absence of problems or success. Mm -hmm. And he said something like, I wish everybody in the world can be a million dollar for million dollar millionaire, millionaire. Thank you.
1: (laughs) A million dollar person,
0: Uh, million dollar person uh, for a week and realize that it's not nearly what you think it is. That's not it. And so
1: many people, you know, those of you who listen to Dax's, uh, you know, armchair expert podcast, and I know most people do these days is that he talks about that all the time. He, not only for himself, but all of the guests he have on, he has on where they talk about, they were chasing the fame, they were chasing the money, they were chasing the success because they thought that they would have what they need. And then when they got it, it was even more terrifying because they realized it didn't hold anything. So if that's not an indicator that mental health awareness month is the most important thing, every day is mental health awareness day. Like we, it should be the, and it, and it's becoming this way. I really do believe this, like the difference between 10 years ago and now, like the way we had to tiptoe around mental health 10 years ago, even though that's everything we were talking about and the way that we can be so not only open about our own challenges, Todd, but just talk about everybody, you know, just people's willingness to speak the truth about uh, this is what it means to be human. Okay. I
0: have a perfect example. Um, so I'm executive director of Men Living and the operations administra- administrator that we hired is a young man who's 25, his name is Patrick McKenna.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And because of May being Mental Health Awareness Month, we invited him to share his story. And he's he's written a three-part blog, two have been released on our newsletter, but it's a very open, honest uh, expression of what his experience going to the hospital. It's twenty-five-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine this being okay for people to talk about ten years ago. Mm-hmm. But it's it, it. I think to your point, it's becoming much more acceptable. We've been going to NAMI functions all the time, and it's about light the darkness. Like the what we can do today to help uh, in the mental health challenges. It's to talk about it
1: well and here's the thing is that you're talking about patrick but patrick is us todd Mm -hmm. patrick is not a guy like oh you're so brave but you're not me Mm -hmm. you are have you not dealt with depression have you not dealt with your own anxiety or your own struggles like we are not the 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 way that it becomes disconnecting is when we look at someone and say they're a them Mm -hmm. you know like they have problems and it's like oh no no I have felt that. That has been scary for me. I'm numbing out. Mm. I'm in denial. I need support. I need to ask for help. It's that like, that's what I think has changed the most is that before even, you know, and, and I I can't remember what we talked, you know, our shows from 10 years ago, but we probably were othering yeah. a little bit. Like, oh, support those people. Yeah and now it's like wait a second. Yeah. This is all of us. Well,
0: and Patrick's blog is an on-ramp for me to share my story Correct. and you to share your that's story. It.
1: That's it. That's it. It's a and that's what I love about. I love I love Gen X, they're my heart and soul, but what I love about millennials and Gen Z is they they push me further. Yeah. No. In that I I you know, if we were still holding on to Gen X values, we would not be where we are as a society when it comes to things like mental well, mental health and mental wellness and the truth about who we are and all of our, how we describe ourselves. Like the, you know, again, this is going down another path, but because I was on Apple TV and I was already watching the me you can't see, which I recommend. I finally watched Oprah's uh, interview with Elliot page. Mm. Um, And you know, his story and his story about Being at the Academy Awards and being nominated and having to wear a dress and having to wear, um, you know, be in makeup for, you know, three months leading up to that whole experience of, you know, being paraded out as a woman Mm -hmm. and knowing that he wasn't and how painful that was. And he says, and I know people will say. You are at the Academy Awards. You're in this movie that everybody loves. How can you be unhappy? And it's not the stuff. It's how you, it's who you are. Mm. And when you are having to be somebody you're not, that's the ultimate pain. And I, and again, we know this, but every story we hear validates it. Mm. So I highly recommend watching that too. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's mental health
0: and graduation. So as we close up shop, um, subscribe to Kathy's uh, twice a week blog. Um, join us for Teams in. all the show notes for all these things. Uh, just scroll up on your uh, phone and you'll be able to see us. Uh, men Living, if there's any men out there who want to connect authentically with other men, it's something I've been doing formally for eight years. And we would love for you to check us out at menliving.org. Um, I also coach guys one-on-one, ToddAdamsCoaching.com, Jeremy Craft. He's a bald-headed beauty. If you're doing any uh, remodeling in your house and you live in the Chicagoland area, give him a call at 630-956-1800. Anything else you want to promote, my darling?
1: No. I mean, you already said Zen Parenting Moment. I have a a book coming out in February. I'm not on the big promotional trail yet um, because it's February. Mm -hmm. It's far away. But I'll talk more about that book called Zen Parenting in the next couple months. And um, we just appreciate you being with us. And, you know, again, now we're at number 601. and one. And um, as far as podcasts go, and walking through our lives with us because our daughter, as we said, just graduated, our yep. oldest daughter. And um, we just know appreciate knowing we're not alone. That's right. That all of you are going through similar things and that we're all in this together. So thank you, and we love you, and have a great week. Keep chugging. Thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And feel free to leave a five-star review. It helps people find us.
0: Hey, looking for more support, exclusive content, and an awesome community of parents? Join Team Zen, where you'll get zero pressure and 100% support. First month's free if you enter the coupon code FRIEND. Go to zenparentingradio.com.
1: Time is at a premium these days, which is why we're delivering help and hope right to your inbox. Sign up to receive Zen Parenting Moment, a quick read two times a week that helps ground you and remind you of what you already know. Go to zenparentingradio.com to subscribe.
0: A special shout out to the guys or for women who want to share a pretty great opportunity with the men in their lives. Men Living is committed to improving men's lives through connection. Included in our program is a low pressure, 75 minute weekly virtual gathering for men to give and get support and build friendships. If you want to learn more, you can head to menliving.org.
1: Join us for our other podcast, Pop Culturing, where we take a Gen X view on movies and TV and have fun breaking down key moments and the themes that teach us what it means to be human.
0: And don't forget about our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft, at avidco.net. Uh, he is a bald head of beauty, painting and remodeling throughout Chicago and area. His number is 630 956 1800 Thanks for listening, everybody, and keep on trucking.